Good evening, Life Gen. It's, um, it's just an honor for me to be here to just share the Word of God with you today. Uh, I know we've been going through uh, a long time of just um, waiting and seeking God as to what He's doing as far as this whole virus issue is concerned. And, and, and you may be at your homes now just um, listening to this uh, online. Um, and, and I just want to have, I feel I have a Word of God, the Word from the Lord just that just has spoken to me even as I've been doing my um, regular reading. And I just want to encourage you with this, uh, with this word. Uh, so turn with me uh, to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Uh, and we're, gonna, we're just going to go straight into the word of God. Um, but I'm going to just share uh, a bit about this man that um, a lot of us know for one big reason. His name is Noah. We remember him because of the flood. But as I was reading the story of Noah this, uh, this time around, there was so much that I, I picked up that I've never seen before. And, and I, thought I'd, I thought I'd ask God, why, what are you saying to me about this? And this is what I believe God has, be, has just been putting on my heart uh, for this season uh, with regards to whatever has been going on, whether it's the virus or the political situation in our country, a lot of the upheavals that have taken place in our nation. And so can I just share this with you today? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. But before I do, I just want to talk a bit about Noah, especially his name. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 5, verse 29, when Noah was born, he was born to a man by the name of Lamech. And when he was born, Lamech named him in a very interesting way. He named him Noah. And in Genesis 5, verse 29, he says that he named him Noah because he says, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one, this boy, this little boy named Noah, he will bring us relief from the toil of our work and from the painful toil of our hands. I thought that was interesting because as I was reading Genesis prior to the story of Noah, prior to Genesis 5, you would realize that God had cursed the ground at least two times. The first time was when Adam and Eve sinned and then God cursed the ground in Genesis chapter 3 and essentially said that, what used to be the case when the ground would always produce fruit for you, you would now have to work for it. You would have to toil. You would have to toil so that the ground would produce fruit for you. And then when Cain killed Abel in the next chapter, you realize that God then told Cain, even when you produce, even, sorry, even when you toil, even when you work hard, the ground will not yield to you its strength. Which essentially meant that for the generations to come, there will be a lot and a lot of toil, a lot and a lot of hard work, and a lot and a lot of effort put in, and you may not even get result that is proportionate or commensurates with the work that you've put in. The ground was cursed. But when Lamech had Noah in his arms and named him Noah, he believed, and, I, and I'm sure that was very prophetic, that Noah would be the person in whose generation relief will be granted from the toil of their hands, from the toil of work, and that the ground will uh, once again reproduce for us. So that was interesting because the word Noah comes from what sounds like the word relief in Hebrew. Relief or rest. And that's where that word comes from. That's where that name comes from. And, I th and, and when you look at Genesis chapter 6, when we describe Noah, you realize that the Bible describes it in a very, very interesting way. You may, you may read it and think this is very common, but in his time, this was very, very different. Noah, in Genesis chapter 6, 
verse 8 to 9 says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and Noah walked with God. I like that phrase. Not just is he named righteous or blameless, but the essence of why he was righteous and blameless, why he would have found favor with God is because he walked with God. You know, whatever situation Noah was in, it was really, really bad. The Bible tells us that that the world was violent, the world was wicked, the world was evil. And I can imagine it was worse than what we see now in our world today. It was a situation where people were just going against God, going their own way. It was a situation where if you were to decide that you would want to walk with God, you'd be singled out. The world would laugh at you. The world would criticize you. The world would ridicule you and say you are... You're dumb. You're you're just not living life the way everyone else does. And there is no benefit to you for living life that is righteous. What's wrong with you? I can imagine there are times when Noah faces not just verbal threats, but violence over him and his family because of the times that he stood up for Christ. Sorry, stood up for God in his relationship with God. But Noah continued to walk with God. You know why Noah was rested? You know why Noah continued to do so? Because when Noah walked with God, he knew that the power that walked with him, the God that walked with him, was greater than anything else that the world could throw at him. And that is why Noah continued to walk with God. Noah was rested in his life, in his journey, in the journey of his family. Noah was rested despite everything that hit him. In fact, the understanding of a righteous man is not by the right things he does, but by the fact that he walked with God. The fact that when God says, Noah, do this, he obeyed. The fact that when he did certain things and the world would throw their criticisms at him, he would live rested in God, knowing that God was with him, that that God's love was over him, and he believed that the power and love of the one he was walking with would bring him through. Because I tell you what, this, if you think was bad enough, this was only preparation for what happened next. What happened next? We know this, the flood. The flood was, was, was a calamity, a massive disaster that no one would have ever even imagined at that time. And God was preparing Noah for what was going to happen next. Well, let me tell you a bit about the ark. All right? you've, um, you've, you've probably read some descriptions on the dimensions of the ark and you thought it was a bit funny right? because they kept using two bit, two bit, two bit. Right? They keep pinching you, you know, 180 cubits and things like that. But I'll give you some dimensions of the ark, shall we? The length of the ark is about 135 meters. The width, 22.5 meters. Height, about 13.5 meters. Essentially, you're looking at about roughly the size of a small stadium. But here's something more interesting. The, The Bible also tells us that the ark has certain characteristics. God told Noah, first of all, to cover the ark with pitch cover the ark with pitch, which essentially is, back in those days, what cement would be in our day. You know, you put some bricks and then you cover it with cement and then you cannot see what's outside if you're inside or you cannot see what's inside if you're outside. The same with pitch. You build the ark with wood and then you cover it with pitch 
so that if you're inside, you can't see what's outside. If you're outside, you can't see what's inside. It's not just waterproof, it's lightproof. And when you cover it with pitch, you can't see anything that's going on outside. What's interesting also is that the ark has no deck. You know, if you've been on a cruise or if you've been on a boat these days, you would be able to go up on the deck because you want to see what's outside. I know some of you, when you grew up in your little children's Bible, would show you this, this little picture of Noah's Ark and, and little animals, maybe the, 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 the buffalo or the, uh, well, that's not so, very, not so very little, but uh, some of these animals that would be on the deck. And then if you were outside of the Ark, you'd be able to see those animals you know, sticking their head out. Um, but let me tell you, Noah's Ark did not have a deck. It had no deck. It had no observation section where you could see what's going on outside. The Bible doesn't even tell us that there were windows like you see in the cruise. There was only one small window that Noah could let a bird out from. And that was all you had on the ark. And when you look at Genesis chapter 7, verse 16, just before the flood, when all the animals had gone in, and Noah and his wife and his sons and his sons' wives have all gone in, Genesis 7, verse 16 tells us the Lord shut him in. Which means essentially this, if you have been shut in by the Lord, you can't just simply open a door and come out. You're stuck. You are enclosed in there. And you are held back from coming out. The Lord shut him in. Which essentially meant for me, and this is what hit me when I read Noah this year, Noah had no idea what's going on outside. He had no idea what was happening outside. He could maybe hear some rumblings. He could maybe, maybe hear the rain. He could maybe feel the movement of the boat as it is on the, uh, the ark as it is on the water. In fact, I don't even know what the ark looked like at that time. Maybe just a box or, or maybe a proper boat. We don't know. But the thing is this. Noah, when the Lord shut him in, had no clue what was happening outside. And that lasted for almost one year. The Bible tells us that the flood came when Noah was in his 600th year, second month, day 17. And when he finally, finally got to see what was outside, when he opened the covering of the ark, he was on his 601st year, first month, first day, literally his birthday. And then when he actually came out of the ark, when God said so, he was more, it was more than one year of living in the ark. Here's the thing, friends. Throughout the flood, throughout the greatest calamity, the greatest disaster the world had ever seen, Noah couldn't see anything. He couldn't see anything. All he was able to do was say, I put my trust in God because only He knows what's happening. I don't, and I'm going to have to focus on God. At this stage, there are two questions I want to ask you. We talked earlier on that Noah walked with God. Throughout all the criticisms, throughout all the ridicule, throughout all the things that the world had thrown at him, he lived rested because Noah walked with God. My question to you is this, who are you walking with? Are you walking with the world that tells you this is what's happening, this is what's happening, this is the fear, these are the, this, this is the curve and you've got to flatten the curve. This is everything that's going on and, and everything is thrown at you with all this fear-mongering that's going on. Are you walking with that? Or are you walking with God 
and saying, God, I want to I know what you want me to know. I want to be able to walk with you with faith, with restedness in my heart, knowing that whatever the world tells me, whether well-meaning or not, I know that I am walking with God and I trust Him and I'm rested in Him. Because when you're in the ark, just like Noah, my next question to you then is this, who do you set your sights on? Who do you set your sights on? When the Lord shut Noah in and his family, all he, had to, all he was able to see was his family and a big zoo. That was all he, had to, he was able to see. He knew nothing about what was going on outside and all he could do is say, God, I fix my eyes on you, I focus on you, and I trust you. In times of difficulty, who do you set your sights on? Do you set your sights on all the news about the virus? Do you set your sights on, on, on your impending exams or your assignments and all the difficult things that are going on because of, what's, of the situation that you're in right now? Do you set your sights on, on the problems of relationships? Or do you set your sights on God? Do you set your sights on the people that you place your trust in, in pol as political leaders? Or do you place your trust and set your sights on God? And when there is no difficulty, who do you set your sights on? Do you set your sights on your excellent grades? Do you set your sights on, 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 on the wondrous relationship that you have? Do you set your sights on your health and that you're so well and, and fine? Or do you set your sights on God continually in your situations? Between us, the Lord didn't shut us in. We know what's going on outside. We know what's going on outside. Well, social media tells us everything. But then God is asking us, can you focus your attention on me? Can you focus your attention on me? Can you hear my voice? Can you follow my voice? Did you know that at the end, when, after Noah had sent out the, the dove that never came back, there is a covering that Noah opened. A covering that God allowed him to open so that he could see that the ground around the ark was actually dry. And it was as if God said, look, I'm not going to shut you in anymore. You can see the world around you. Please, open the covering. I will let you see. But the Bible also tells us that Noah never stood, stepped out of the ark until God said so. And he only stepped out of the ark almost a month later when after looking at all the world around him and seeing that the ground was dry, then God said, now step out of the ark. And that was what Noah did. He didn't even step out until God said so. Friends, we may look around us and see the surroundings around us and go, oh, okay, it's based on the surroundings, it's about time. But my challenge to you is this. Listen to the voice of God. Set your sights on God. When God says go, you go. When God says don't, you don't. You know Peter? Peter, when he walked out of the boat and all the storm was around him, he was still able to say, God, if you want, Jesus, if you want me to go, call me to come. And then Jesus said, come. And because Jesus said, come, he stepped out of the boat and walked to him. And yet he was still surrounded by the storm, surrounded by the wind and the noise and, the, and all those things that were thrown at him and it caused him to fear. But if you're like Noah, and you're like Peter who's learning his lesson. If you set your sights on Jesus, if you set your sights on the one who called you to come or the one who called you to go, 
then you will be safe. You will be safe in the hands of Jesus. You will be safe in the arms of the one who loves you and cares for you. And so who are you walking with? Who do you set your sights on? My last one is this. I go back to the name Noah. You know when Lamech said that Noah would be the one who would bring relief? This was what God did after the flood. We remember the big rainbow. But when that rainbow came out, this was God's covenant with man. He said in Genesis chapter 8, never, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Never will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. You know, it was a big reset because of the flood. And the earth then reset itself. But what God did then was He said, I will never again curse the ground. There will be relief from the curses that I brought before. In Noah's generation, in Noah's time, there was relief over the land. My question to you is this. Will you be a source of rest? A source of rest for the people around you. Regardless of what their nature is, fearful, angry, frustrated, but when they look at you and they see you and they see the way you act and they see the rest that you have in God, the fact that you've set your sights on God, the fact that you've walked with God, they look to you and there is a wellspring of joy, of love, of rest, of faith in God. And they go, you're very different. You're very different from my situation. We may be facing the same circumstances, but the way you respond is very different. The way you respond brings life. The way you respond releases me from fear. The way you respond gives me joy amidst the circumstances. Because that was what Noah did for this earth. That was what Noah did for this world. He walked with God and God brought relief in his generation over this land. I want to encourage you. Will you be a source of rest for the world around you, for the people around you, to the rest of your world? How do we do this? First of all, shut out. Shut out. You know, we're surrounded by so many things that the Lord has led us to, to, to be exposed to. But the question that God has given us is this, will you focus on me? And focusing on God requires us to shut out the messages of the world, to shut out the messages of fear, to shut out the messages that pull us down, that bring us down, that causes us to, to, to be angry, to be frustrated, to, 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 to be unsure and uncertain of the things that are to come. Shut them out. For some of you, you need a fast. You need a fast from your social media because you relied on it so much. You need to fast from this fear of missing out, your FOMO. You need to shut out and fast from this idea that you need to know everything. Because what we need to know is what God wants us to know. It's what God wants us to know. In God's perspective, only He knows and He will reveal what He wants us to know. Because besides shutting out, you've got to seek God. 
You've got to seek God. Seek His face. Hear His voice. Read His word. Begin to ask God, God, what are you saying in this situation? Because how we respond, whether it's COVID-19 or our political situation, cannot be based on the voices. It cannot. It must be based on the voice of God. He knows everything. He knew what was going to come. He knows what will be coming. He knows all. But more importantly, He knows what we need to know. Even when we don't know it, or we don't even realize we need to know it. God knows. And when we come to God and we seek His voice, we seek His word, we seek His face, He begins to speak to us and shows us and tells us what we need to know. You know why that's important? Because we need to have a prophetic voice for our nation. Because when we hear God and we've shut out the voices of this world, we are then able to speak with a prophetic voice for our nation. We will be able to send a word out from God that will speak into the life of every person and, and, and it won't just be just another voice, just another opinion. Think of John the Baptist who was from the, in the wilderness and then when he spoke to the people, people would flock to him and listen to him because he had a prophetic voice for his nation. When we shut out the voices of the world and we hear God and we seek God, we then begin to proclaim and declare a voice, a prophetic voice for our nation in times like these. And that's what God has called us to do. You know, one of the last things I just want to share with you is, is a message that was going around and someone forwarded to me and, and this was more political. Someone was uh, uh, talking about how our previous prime minister was a great grandmaster of, of, of political moves. What I told my friend was this. At the end of the day, the great grandmaster is God. Because whoever has the last laugh on this earth is going to have to try that last laugh before God in due time. And there is no way God's going to say, I didn't know that this was what you're going to do. Because God knows all. He knows all. And he, he desires that we know what He wants us to know. So shut out those messages. Seek the face of God. And let's come before God and say, God, I want to know your voice. Who are you walking with? Who do you set your sights on? And when you've heard the voice of God and you've walked with God, can you now, bend, now then be a source of rest for the people around you? Can I just get the worship team to come up? Thank you so much for tuning in to our LifeGen podcast. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to connect with us, head to any of our social media platforms at LifeGenSIBKL or our website LifeGen.my. We would love to connect with you. Stay tuned and God bless.